Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. All right, we are back now for the first Yak Sports Podcast of the July month here, and that also means no more high school sports. So plenty to talk about outside of high school sports, just a little bit there. But I do want to kick off with the most uh, normal stuff <laughs> for locals local people right now in the middle of summer and that's what uh you joe deck have been covering uh for the stanton braves so joe how has the valley league season gone this past week it's been a bit up and down for the braves um to be honest i think it's a team that is at times i think they've improved from where they were at the beginning of the year for sure um but there's there's still times this weekend in particular with the doubleheader at strasburg where they just they kind of went back into old habits and the strikeouts mounted up. Now, some of that is Strasburg has what might be the best pitching in the league, um, which is insanely impressive. I mean, when you look at their ERA and stuff like that, that they have, I mean, it's, it's shocking to see how low it is considering how small first bank park is there in Strasburg. If you've never been, it's the smallest park in the Valley by far. Uh, and that's, do they play on the football field at their high school? No, it's the baseball it, field. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. But uh, it's it's small, so it balls fly out of there all the time. In fact, we got to see some balls fly out for Strasburg um, this weekend. But uh, Stanton, I think, uh, at one point had struck out 10 batters in a row. Uh, the pitcher for Strasburg struck out, so it's hard to win when you do that. And um, that was actually the game that went better for the Braves, was the game where they struck out 10 times in a row. Um, Cause they scored two runs early and then that was all they got. And Stanton and or Strasburg ended up winning the second game in 10 innings. Um, the first game they didn't score any runs. And, and that was because of the pitching that Strasburg has, which is difficult to overcome at times. But I, I think overall for the week, you'll take it if you're a Stanton fan though, because they swept Covington, uh, which was huge for them. It was a one, nothing win in Covington. And then Covington came to Stanton and it, the game was shortened by rain a little bit, but Stanton was pounding them. And uh, so I think for Stanton, it's going to be important. You play uh, Waynesboro later today after I'm done recording this and putting it up probably. Um, I'll be going to call the game at Waynesboro. That's a big game. You have another game against Covington. So if you're going to only win one of those, I think it's the Covington game you have to win because that's the team that right now is chasing you for the final playoff spot. You're three and a half ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. You're three and a half ahead of them right now. So, I think if you beat Covington again and put them four and a half behind you, just given the math and how many games are left, it starts to get harder for Covington to find a way back in because they've got fewer head-to-heads and Stanton has kind of dominated this series so far, which has been great for them. And you only have, I think, yeah, one more game against a team from the North and it's Winchester who's actually sliding right now. So that that part of the schedule has worked out. You've played Charlottesville for the most part already. I think you have one or two more games against them, but they're both at home. So the schedule is lining up favorably in the second half for Stanton. They just got to kind of take care of business and be able to avoid walking people with their pitchers. That's been their biggest problem. And then they kind of maintain this 500 ball where they're like last week, we talked about these teams. We said Stanton was five and five in the last 10. They're still five and five Mm -hmm. in the last 10. um, Having played, I think six more games. Um, or somewhere in there. So yeah, they, like you got to at least maintain the hat and you, you want to knock that better. And that's how you start to catch Harrisonburg. Who's the next team right ahead of you. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I'd much rather be in the three spot than the four spot in the South um, because I mean, they take four teams from the South, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd rather be in that two, three matchup with like a Waynesboro than I would a, you know, first round matchup with Charlottesville who, you know, keeps tearing it up. I think they're like eight and two in the last 10 or seven and three, somewhere close to that. And, and they're a consistently good teams. So I just rather not face that right out the gate um, just to have better, better better odds at advancing though. I think it's all for not. Cause I don't, I don't think they're as good as Woodstock or Strasburg, uh, the two teams from the North that have been dominating and, and Woodstock continues to surge. Um, but also Charlottesville, I think, I mean, it's been proven too much that they, they're not as good as Charlottesville. They, they only beat them there once. Uh, it was the last time they went over there, but I don't, I don't want those odds. <laughs> so I, that's pretty good, but you got, I mean, I have the all-star games coming up for Valley league. I guess that's next Sunday. Yeah, it'll be the seventh or the excuse me, the eleventh at uh, JMU. It's really fun if you've never been. Um, yeah, they, they got a lot going on. The, yeah, home run derby, the sprint, like the is it a sprint of the base or is it a forty yard dash? I think it's uh, they measure out sixty yards and then they just have sixty a yards. Okay, sprint, there you go. Sixty yard straight line. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be something looking forward to for the league, and I know that's always like a showcase. Uh, I, I don't know. In other years, they've gone and played. They've created like a complete Valley team and gone and traveled and played like a team in Maryland, I think before, I, I don't know if that's happening this year, I, I, especially with COVID. I doubt that's happening. No, I don't think it's happening this year, but I, I do wonder if it's something that we'll see again in the future because yeah. it is, it's a, it's a, what they call a showcase team. So they take the best prospects from the Valley and kind of take them to a tournament, whether that's in North Carolina or Florida or wherever. And then they play uh, some teams from Maryland too. I think Cal Ripken yeah. league, They've played. They've played the, I don't know, the Florida, the state Florida League or Carolina League, yeah. stuff like that. And they've held their own in that, which has been pretty good. So it's good to see them measure up against that. Now, the other thing that might impact that, I don't know if we'll see as much of that with these MLB Dream Leagues. I don't know how much that impacts that kind of stuff. But yeah, consistent. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that there would still be some involvement since, I mean, previous sponsorships from Major League Baseball and and mm-hmm. money filtering this way you know I, I i know they're focusing money on those i don't i don't know if there'll be no money but it, it'd be nice if there still would be support from the higher levels for these but i mean also i mean major league baseball knows where their bread is buttered so maybe maybe they won't um but yeah I, I, nothing like that this year but probably more covid related but at least still get the all-star game and that'll be good um major league baseball all-star game i know yesterday i saw the rosters come out for that you've been harping about you know Orioles making it, uh, especially um, oh, what's his face? I'm blanking right now. Cedric Mullins. Mullins. Uh, and he made it. Like I said, last week when you were going crazy because he wasn't being voted in first, I said he's still going to make the team. He did. He's a, he was, he's a reserve. He'll get to play. I stand <laughs> by my comment. Fans should be able to vote. I still stand by my comment. Fan voting is the worst thing to ever happen to All-Star games. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I'm so used to it. I I, I it's probably the similar argument with football. I'm used to what we got. Um, I'm not that apt to change. Uh, but with the baseball, I just I don't care about the fan. The fan voting doesn't bother me any because it's a game built around stars being there. And what better way to measure who's a star is who the fans want to see. I agree. Aaron Judge doesn't deserve to be voted in first and, and playing in the outfield. I, I I agree. He doesn't deserve that from what's happened on the field, but. He is the bigger star, and I think there's times where the fan votes help make it right. You know, I brought up Cal Ripken last week. There's other times where, like, you, you get people honored for 
for a career or something. Yeah, if Aaron that, Judge wants to retire, sure, but he's not. So <laughs> I don't know if he'd still deserve that for. I mean, he hasn't had a long. Yeah, he hasn't played long that. enough for that. But I, yeah. I, I, that's my problem. But it's like injuries. Trout's hurt, so like maybe maybe your boy gets a starting spot because Trout's hurt. Uh, he might because Trout is hurt, and he was the number one voted All Star. Which again, like that's fine, but he's hurt. We know he's hurt. We know he's not going to play. And so other than like a thing to put on his Hall of Fame resume, which he's not going to need because he is going to make the Hall of Fame no problem. Like, I just don't see it. Um, I'm glad Cedric Mullins made it, uh, was named as the replacement. And hopefully he gets to start because I think he deserves to. He's been one of the better players on the Orioles and in the American League for that matter. Um, Which the thing with him and is crazy is, you know, Two years ago, the guy, I think, started one for 25 or something in 2019 and was so bad. And, uh, or not 2019, it was last year. Yeah. So we sent him down to the, you know, whatever developmental system or whatever they called it last year without the minor leagues. And he came back up about halfway through the season and really started to hit the ball. And then he carried it into this season. So whatever that is in the developmental system, that's that's why I have faith that in two, three years, the Orioles will be fine with these prospects. I think we're doing a better job at developing them because I've seen what that developmental system did with Cedric Mullins. And now, it, now if we had sent Cedric Mullins down, he comes back up, he hits well for like a week or two, and then sucks again. Like, that's one thing. But he came yeah, back up. He's, he's had staying yeah. power now, and he is top three, top five, at least top five, usually top three or top even number one in a lot of hitting categories at that position. So it's been amazing to see how well he's played. In fact, he tried to win us the game yesterday against the angels, but our closer came in and blew it. But, um, I think the old thing I always watch with those guys, those younger guys is like, be good for a week or two and maybe longer, but then like have three games where they're not good and then come back. Like, cause that's normal baseball. That's like the best players, you know, the, Pete Rose's the Barry behind I'm naming Peter people that we argue about Hall of Fame, but even Trout and, and King Griffey Jr. And guys like that, they have a stretch. They have a bad series. They have a bad week or something. And then they come back. And then I think we've seen that out of Mullins. Like he's had, a you know, a couple bad games, then he's back at it, uh, hitting good again. I think that's always the measure. And so that's, that shows you belong at major league is when you can rebound from a down and, and you, you know, you're not just a one hit wonder. Yeah. I mean, he's been the best offensive player. The Orioles have had all year. Trey Mancini's in the home run derby, which is cool. And I mean, for me, the only debate was whether you'd see John Means get in or not. But I think John Means is hurt. So I think that's going to keep him from the All-Star game. Um, he just started his rehab assignment. So I don't think he'll be back by the time the All-Star game rolls around. But it's just next week, too. So, right. So you hit the home run derby there. You know, I, I've, we said this last week. I'm, I'm disappointed Guerrero and Tatis Jr. aren't involved. I, I know names like Judge and Sanchez and Baez get thrown right, out there and they've already said they're not in it. But, you know, looking at the list, you got Otani from the Angels, which I know they're they're trying to pump it up as much as they can. It, uh, it's starting to wear on me a little bit. He is awesome. He is. I'm rooting for him. I want to see everything he can do. I want to see the. But like, well, this is the first pitcher named to the home run derby contest. Like he's also an incredible hitter and he plays the field other days. Like don't, this isn't the same as, uh, you know, <laughs> Madison <laughs> like, the or like DeGrom. DeGrom's not getting put in the home run. God like, he's not just a pitcher. So you can't just like signify this way. I, I just feel like you don't need to like catch a stat for Hodani on, you know, 
just saying the words the right way and 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 <laughs> just represent it in a certain way to make him special. He is special on his own, and he he's doing more than everybody else. He's just not a just a pitcher. So like comparing him just to pitchers isn't fair. Really, the only comparison you have is Babe Ruth, who who did play both for a period of time, and he's blowing him out of the water. But even with Babe Ruth playing against the trash that you speak of, of who he played against back then, you know, paper boys out on the field. Yeah. So Otani's doing it now against people that spend their lives playing baseball. It, it's so impressive and so great. You just don't need to water it down with comparisons like that. Um, but Otani, you got Alonzo in there who's been in the home run derby before. I think didn't he win it the last time out? Um, Otani. I think he beat Arrow. No, 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 Alonzo. Oh, okay. Alonzo. I had moved on to Alonzo. I'm going down the list. Uh, Trevor Story, he's a Rocky. That's the real reason he's getting in. Uh, Trey Mancini, like you said, he's in. He's got 15 home runs on the year. And then Perez from the Royals, the catcher I had on my fantasy team like two years ago that I had to drop because he fell off the face of the earth. But uh, they're still needing to fill in a couple spots. I'm interested to see who gets in those spots. Uh, Schwarber from the Nationals, one of those guys that you thought might be in those spots. He's hurt now, so he's he's probably going to get replaced as an all-star and definitely not be in the home run derby contest. Um, I was wondering if like a guy like Acuna Jr. might be in there. I don't know if he's announced he's not. Um, I don't know. Some of the, some guys like that are, are names that immediately like hopped off the list of like guys that might slide in there. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say of I'm these excited. guys, I'd say my the favorite is Otani. Of the five that I've already confirmed, yeah. Um, that being said, I don't think it's impossible for Trey Mancini to win. I, I'd say Otani's the only one that I would be worried about. I'm not. Pete Alonso isn't having as good of a season. Trevor Story no, sucks. I mean, a season and the home run derby is probably two different things. Too sure. Uh, I don't know. I think Alonzo won it last time out, so I think like you can't just dismiss him as I'll easily. Him. I, I think Otani has 30 home runs in the season. That's way more than anybody else in this contest has. I mean, anybody mm-hmm. that's up there has already announced they're not going to be in it. So I think that's why he's the, he's going to be the favorite, sure. But yeah, Alonzo is probably the next one you look at if you're trying to get Mancini to win the thing. So I, I if think the Derby is something there. I can bet on, I'll bet on Trey Mancini. There you go. I bet it is something you can bet. I, I'll have to have to look at that. That's that's I honestly like that's when I usually have people over or something is to watch that uh, more than the all star game. I don't, I don't know why I just it ends up that way. It, both being on weeknights always hurt me. Yeah. Um, but always fun. I was excited that, it, that the Pirates did get some acknowledgement. Uh, Adam Frazier voted in at second base. Um, and he's had a long, longer career and, and success other places. So I'll take it with him in a Pittsburgh uniform, but also Brian Reynolds. He's been great all season. And uh, he, he's a younger player. I think a second or third year player. I'm not sure which one of those, but I, he's been tearing it up. The team hasn't been winning, but he's been doing well. So I was glad he got, got the reserves nod. I was afraid with Adam Frazier in the elected roster, you know, maybe they wouldn't give a pirate another one because, they're a terrible team, but I'm, I'm glad Brian Reynolds got in there. Yeah, I'm just looking at the teams because I hadn't seen the whole teams yet. Um, man, good thing that the sticky tack was only a few weeks ago that it got taken away. Otherwise, Garrett Cole wouldn't be anywhere near this list. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can get lit up by the uh, best players in the game there. I mean, DeGrom is the one that sticks out pitching, pitching wise because he's just been pitching so well all year. Um, I mean, I think both of those pitching staffs kind of <laughs> like usual for an all-star game. They you're taking it 
a couple like teams. Like Chapman, bases, you know. Chapman being a reliever, how? Oh, that wow. dude has been was, so it, terrible this year. He hasn't bad. I didn't even that didn't stick out to me, huh? Yeah, that's one that like yeah. that's the uh, that's and the, the pitchers aren't voted on by fans. So no, that's that's selected. That's selected by a, a clown in the MLB office or the AL manager who's like, oh, I know this guy's name. Let me put him in. Yeah, I guess it would be who won the American League last year. Um, be the Astros, right? No, it's the Rays. The Rays, yeah, the Rays. So he's a clown. That's what you've. He is a clown. Maybe he's putting him in there just so he can like tell him he's good and then light (laughs) him up again in the regular season. I don't know. Maybe there's mind games there, but yeah, Araldis Chapman definitely not deserving of an All Star spot. I mean, I generally think that with anybody with the New York Yankees next to him. So another fun event that has been talked about in the last week and jump back to high school. Um, the round, uh, the rock, the ribbon tournament got announced. Uh, I was excited to see that looking back for this podcast and seeing what Patrick Hyde basically has tweeted this last week to get any kind of local news. We could, uh, when he's not covering school board meetings or supervisor meetings, we get <laughs> a little bit of sports that we can. And, uh, Stuart draft is going to be in it. They usually are in it. Um, and they're going to be playing Rockridge County on that Friday night next January. And then Stanton, that Stanton-Martinsville matchup, uh, going to be recreated once again there. And they have a long history of playoff games from, I think, early 90s. It might, might even go back to the 80s, too. So a lot of history there. That's on You called one of those games, didn't you? Rock the Ribbons? Yeah. Stanton-Martinsville, I think. Yeah. So you, they got to have that again. And uh, we'll see if 1240 is able to cover that again. But there is still one to be announced game. And uh, I know Riverheads has had a past being in those games, um, girls and guys, I think. So I, I just, it's just to see who fills in that last spot and if it is somebody local, but something to look forward to a little bit of basketball news. Um, just hitting on that quickly while we're talking. Uh, so let's talk about the pro sports finals that we have going hockey, your hockey. It's hasn't been very interesting. And you called it, you said Tampa Bay was just going to roll the Canadians and they're doing it. They're up 3 nothing, and they play Monday night. Yeah, and, and again, it's because Montreal got here with hot goalie, which is great. That's how you sometimes win Stanley Cups. Unfortunately, the Tampa Bay Lightning have so many offensive weapons that it's hard to win with hot goalie in that situation because if you get yourself in trouble and go down a man and allow them to get a power play, they're going to score. They score something stupid like 40% of the time. That's almost unheard of. It's all, 20% would be first place in the postseason. And they're scoring like 40% in the postseason. Um, so it's really hard to win that way. Tampa Bay's up 3-0. They're probably going to sweep them tonight. I bet for them to sweep them tonight. Um, I, I just, Montreal's just not, they're not as good as Tampa Bay. They were the worst team to make it to the playoffs. And now they're playing arguably the best team. So what do you think about this mayor of Tampa, this joker? who thinks that they should just give them a game so then they can come clinch at home. I think that's the stupidest thing you can say out loud. Yeah, whatever. Just win. Just sweep them. Just sweep them. It's far more disrespectful to sweep them in their own building. Just sweep them. Yeah. And then, you know what you say? You'd be like, it really sucks that they had to go to this kind of bracket this year because we really should have been uh, – we won the playoffs when we beat uh, the Carolina Hurricanes in the second round. When we got out of our division, we won because we had the toughest division in hockey – and 
these jokers from Canada got in because they had a division all to themselves and then they only had to beat one other they only had to beat one team to make it here. Um I think don't don't tempt the fates is is the what came to my mind when I said that. Oh, when Tampa I, Bay could forfeit. Days. Tampa Bay could forfeit tonight and still win. They would then it would be a gentleman's sweep. I I don't worry about Tampa Bay not winning this. I just you don't give a game. It's Your four professionals. Or five. You're a yeah, no, I hear you. I wouldn't. In your professional organization to, to tank a game. Yeah, That's yeah, not... yeah, yeah. No, you don't tank. I agree. But it's four or five. The, the only question is, are they going to do it in a genuine sweep or a gentleman's sweep? That's the only thing that's up for debate. The other finals, uh, I know you haven't been watching. I, I'm interested. I continue to be interested. I, I hope I'm not. I hope there's a lot of people out there going to watch these finals. You got the Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Everybody, I said this last week, everybody that complains about, you know, LeBron James versus the Warriors every year, you know, even when it's San Antonio on those runs and the Lakers before that, it just the same repetitive matchups. This is not that. So I encourage you, if you want to see the NBA have more finals where it's the equivalent of Suns Bucks, even if you're not interested this year, cut the TV on. So the ratings go up. Uh, So it's, I like it. I like it this year. I, I don't, at no way do I think we're done with some teams being dominant in dynasties. I think the NBA is built on dynasty culture and having the Celtics and the Lakers two dynasties at one time. And you got the Bulls and you, you have these different dynasties that go through, but there's always like that, that Goliath. I think they're built on that. And I think we'll see more of that and maybe a familiar team come back to that. I just don't think it hurts this year to have these teams in it. I know there's all the reasons why in a short off season and all that, that that's why all these injuries, it's been crazy, but I'm taking it for what it is this year. And I like it. The Suns, um, they're in it, no previous championships. And so I, I like that they're having this opportunity. They are, deserve it. They're the two seed. They're not coming out of absolutely nowhere. I do remember this guy on this podcast. I host that was like, do you really think the Lakers are going to lose to the Suns?" I do remember some guy like that. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, was that you? Did we have a sub in that week? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, um, <laughs> I didn't think Anthony Davis was going to get hurt, and he got hurt. It was a problem. It was a bigger problem than I thought. When LeBron said he could put the Even team on his he shoulders. Hurt, you were still dismissive of the sun. Yeah, because I believe LeBron, when LeBron said that he could put the team on his shoulders, after all, this is allegedly the GOAT. So I thought, you know, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I think Jordan could put a team on his shoulders and get to an NBA Finals. And um, <laughs> so I trusted LeBron. And I found out LeBron's not the GOAT, so that's fine. Um, but then the Phoenix Suns did take care of some other good teams, and they're in the NBA Finals. They've played well. Uh, and even without Chris Paul, that's what I think impressed me most of this, mm-hmm. not beating the Lakers. I think when they had Chris Paul out unexpectedly, um, and you know, not it didn't happen on the court, him being gone with COVID, uh, I think that showed me a lot. Like, I didn't think this was a Chris Paul-like, you know, they need his firepower to win games, but they need his leadership. And they were still able to still play without him, still be led well. I mean, they have plenty of other talent, but that Booker kid's amazing. The ant, uh, eight, I can never say his name right. Um, Aiton, uh, the tall guy, number one pick a couple years ago. He's awesome. I, I, I don't know. They've been fun to watch. There's a lot of alley-oops. There's a lot of, you know, fast-paced play. Um, so I've, I've enjoyed watching this. I'm kind of rooting for them against the Bucks. I, I'm not against Giannis, but I, I am just kind of rooting for the Suns. I don't know why I I'm not a Chris Paul guy. I don't really like Chris Paul from the past, but 
It's just kind of like he's worn on me. I think it's and it's funny because it's the Suns. Charles Barkley did this, man. I never liked Charles Barkley. He was always the guy that I didn't like. But then, like at some point towards in his career, I was like, you know, if he's successful, that wouldn't be bad. And uh, you know, it's just funny that it, it's the Suns and and that. So the Suns in their second appearance or no third appearance in the finals, they were in in '93 against those Jordan Bulls. That was the uh, third of the third win of the first three feet for the Bulls. That was kind of my, I'm not saying I didn't watch any basketball before that, but I just remember that was like the first year of obsession of, of NBA basketball for me. I was like eight or nine years old and just obsessed with watching the finals. We're at little league baseball, like all-star tournament or something. And it was like, let's just win this first game so that we can get home and watch the the finals and all that. Then I just remember all the dads talking about it. So I, I really remember that. But the interesting thing, the other finals that the Suns were in was back in 76, which here on July 4th uh, weekend, you know, 76 means something to us. But also that was when they lost to Boston in six. And uh, game five of that series was a three overtime, 128-126 win by the Celtics over the Suns. Uh, and then the Celtics would clinch the next game. But the reason I remember that, that's they call that the best game, the greatest game ever played. And three overtime game. My grandpa on my mom's side, he moved to Virginia uh, in his later years, and he had this Boston Celtics like uh, painting, and it was that game. It was the greatest game uh, ever played. It was the Phoenix Suns uh, versus the Celtics, and it was a painting of it. It was the whole crowd. It was just like one of those great paintings that had so much detail by the artist everywhere, and I just remember just like staring at that. And that's always stuck with me. So I, I, I think that's cool um, that, that he had that in there and they're in there this time. So that's, that's story time from Leland here for this section. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been able to watch a lot of NBA. Uh, I've been following it because I've been placing bets on the Suns and then taking <laughs> turns between the Hawks and the Bucks. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the Hawks went out. Trey Young being hurt really, really. Yeah. Well, that's them. when I stopped betting on the Hawks. Um, <laughs> with Giannis, with Giannis being not a hundred percent, I think yep. it's going to be hard for Milwaukee to win. So, yep. I would like now if Giannis comes back and is able to come back and be some semblance of himself, then maybe yeah. Milwaukee can push him. But otherwise, I think this is going to be a five guy, maybe even top three guy. So yeah, him him being a big portion of himself makes a huge difference. Yeah, but they they do have Chris Middleton who helps, and Chris Middleton played yep. well in that Eastern Conference Finals. So it'll be a question of if he can step up again in the NBA finals or not, I, I still like the Suns. I say Suns in six. I kind of say Suns either way. Cause there has been those questions about Giannis being the go-to guy and the guy like in the fourth quarter you can depend on. And I think they're going to need him healthy enough to do that. And then do that for them to, to beat the Suns, just the way the Suns have been playing. And I don't know if I'm doubting Giannis as much directly there. I guess it's just the, the, the aspect of the injury being a part of that. Just, yeah, I put my money on the Suns. I'm, I'm not going to put my money on the Suns, but that's what do I would it. do. Uh, if the Bucks do win it, <laughs> if the Bucks do win it, it'll be their second championship. They won it in 1971. Uh, Lou Alcindor was on that, t- uh, was the leader of that team back then, later known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know. One of one of the best players ever to live. So uh, that was the only other time the Bucks have uh, have won a championship. They lost another time also to the Celtics. So the Suns have that in common of losing to the Celtics in the 70s. Uh, we talked ratings last week, and we were both right 
is what I figured out. You said I said there's something about the final, the Western Conference finals, and I wanted to see the whole finals end before I really made a judgment of like you know how I felt about the ratings. Sure enough, the ratings for the Western Conference Finals is up from last year. So you weren't wrong. You said that it was up from last year, up 29%. But then where I was right is that it is still down 36% from 2019. So yeah. uh, and that was like the, the Warriors and somebody. So the finals are up from the bubble, which I think the bubble got hit really hard with ratings last year. Because as we alluded to, there was a, a lot of other topics swirling around the NBA uh, last summer. And uh, ratings were down. But uh, I, I wish these finals. I hope these finals can get good ratings, and I, that's what I led this segment off with. Was I, I want the NBA to want parity, and I don't, you know, between the frozen envelope in the '80s and and other things, you know, declining trades uh, the other times more recently to keep the good teams good and not allow someone else to break into it. Um, I don't know. I just. I think it's good for parity in these pro sports and uh, it doesn't seem like the draft really is the only thing that it doesn't work for the NBA to really create parity because otherwise New Orleans would be a lot better than they are and, and these other teams would be a lot better in, immediately if the draft was the one fixing it. So I, I get tired of the three or four guys choosing to go to the same place and that paying off. So I'm, I'm kind of excited if if one of these other teams can get good ratings and that's what we have the opportunity for. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I do think that it's important for the Suns to win this year because I think that with a full off season that we're not going to see this kind of thing happen again. I think you're going to see the more superstar driven teams be in the finals in the future. I gotcha. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get to that B block. We try to get allow this for the players, especially. It's why we ask the fun questions so people can get to know the, the players they're watching in the Valley League and get to understand a side they might not get to know otherwise. For people that don't know you, you brought up that you're coaching high school in Stanton, and I want to bring a question to the Stanton side of things. You guys are going up to Class 3 yes. next year, yes. and I know it was a bit of a rough start for you this year, but your Stanton storm really caught fire there at the end, rattled off some nice wins. But talk about the move up to Class 3 and what goes into that, because now it's a whole bunch of you're, – you're playing the same teams in the regular season, but it's a whole other group of teams you got to worry about in the postseason. I, I want to first point out the pandemic last year cheated me a group of great seniors that I miss out on. Uh, and then this year, football got pushed in between when I thought the no-brainer decision would be play baseball in the fall and then spring could have had football. So uh, I don't always have the money and the, the superiority to make those decisions <laughs> because common sense was right there in front of everything. And there's a lot of people that understood and agree about the game, but it felt like baseball still got short-ended. Even though we did get 60%, and that's more than zero, um, I think that if we were on a regular schedule, which you would have looked at it from the first day of practice, uh, that we would have been allowed for tryouts, and all the way through to the first or second game would have been about a month and a half, and we had to play nine games. So we've got some kids that were coming off of football that were injured. We had some kids that were, um, you know, coming out uh, and not, they haven't hit in a while. Um, 
and you can't make excuses. Ball players aren't made just from February to the you know end of the season in April, May. They're made year round, and that's the good part about baseball. But also the bad part is you'll get exposed early. So it took us a little bit of time to catch up and start playing our game, and especially the fielding wise. High school is going to be about errors and how you can overcome them and scoring runs when the opportunities are there. So uh, the kids that came out and played hard for me this year, I, I can't say enough about them. I've got four kids that are going on to college baseball, and you're going to say, well, you know, how did you not? Well, we played against, you know, Fort Defiance has a couple Division mm-hmm. One guys. We played against Riverheads, went to the state semis, played against Wilson, who went to the regions. Uh, Stewart's draft is always a contender, so it's not a slouch. And Buffalo Gap, just, you know, the Canterbury boys are formidable foes. You know, you can't say you're going to sneak by in our district. And so, as we, we sit there and we look at what we're going to be getting into, I understand that, you know, it's, it's going to be entering the lion's den, but, you know, everybody wants to be a lion until it's time to do lion things. So we're trying to teach these young men to use baseball to become better people. And if you fight through perseverance and you fight through the tough times, you're going to be better 10, 20 years down the road, and that's where our victories are going to lie. We always talk about that. What kind of team do you have? And I'm not copping out on anything at all, but I know that what we're doing in baseball is we're teaching them the right things. They're being held responsible for their accountability for their actions, and they're having to keep their grades up. Now, I can't speak for anything else. I can't speak for anybody that goes through other school districts, but we know our rules for the program we always talk about is rule number one, do what's right. Rule number two, do your best. Rule number three, treat others the way you want to be treated. And if we can start doing that in our corner of the world and we can make our communities better and our counties better, then, you know, we're going to start making this place a little bit better because right now it's tough times. Uh, You know, there's a lot of people unemployed, a lot of people still confused about politics, a lot of people that are still sick and everything. And if we have to worry about, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher. I I still think we got a good life ahead of us because we'll be playing baseball. Now, the competition there's never an off night in the Shenandoah district, but I know that if you go into the regions for three, it's going to, you know, you're going to be facing a little bit more live arms. And that's, that's one of the things I love about high school sports is just the comp, like the competitive balance to where if you teach your kids the fundamentals and make the 85% plays and your pitchers will throw strikes and not walk because you can't defend a walk. And that's, yeah. you saw that tonight. Um, it gives you a chance to compete day in and day out. Now I know that somewhere down the road, my time will end as a high school coach and they'll say, you know, what did you do at Stanton High School or what did you do at the former Robert Lee High School? And there are individual successes that we've had. And one of those kids that we're praying for, again, everything we do is Tyler Zombro. Um, every time I see that guy, you know, what he's done to work hard to get where he's at. And then this tragedy that just happened, you know, awareness-wise, that kid's going to get back on the horse. And that's what our whole program has been built about. We're going to face things that are going to be difficult in life. But how you answer the bell and how you challenge yourself to get back up and get off the ground and dust yourself off and get, just keep trying, that's the American way. That's what America's been built on with that attitude. That's what America's been, you know, is going to stay the greatest country in the world, USA. D-Block time here on the Exports Podcast. Again, thanks for George giving us a little recording action there uh, for a little quick hitter there. Uh, we appreciate whenever he gives time to our podcast or any of the associated podcasts that Joe has going on. Uh, I bet, I mean, I'll let you plug your own show, but uh, 4D, going to have some George Loss on there? Yeah. Um, to hear the rest of that interview with George Loss, you can head over to 4D Sports. We talk more Strasburg Express, and then you get to hear him answer a great hypothetical. Um, that I think is important and people need to be able to answer in today's day and age. So I'll just leave it at that. And uh, you can Ooh, go over and listen at 40 sports. 
that episode is not out yet. It will be coming out um, probably, oh gosh, I don't know. If not this week, it'll be out shortly after the All-Star Game, and I'll pair it with some other interviews from players at the All-Star Game. So it's a great way to follow along with the Valley League. Unfortunately, with doing the radio, I haven't had as much time as usual to do that. Uh, usually it's a weekly thing as well, but this year it's uh, we're looking to get the first episode out here around the All-Star break, and then maybe one or two more in the regular season before the playoffs. Always good listen. So if, if you haven't listened to 40 sports podcasts before, make sure you turn over to that, hear more Valley league talk than just the Stanton Braves that are sitting behind everybody. You can hear about some good teams. That'll be, that'll be good. So on to the D block, what's dominating my life. You always said, I like to go first. So I will Uh, 4th of July. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. We're getting just past it here uh, recording on Monday following that. And uh, I had a great weekend. I love that. I love the Sunday 4th of July because it kind of splits a lot of the uh, opportunities for celebration up a little bit. Some people do more Saturday than they do Sunday, and some people stick to the 4th on Sunday. And so we got to have kind of back-to-back cookouts with uh, some of the similar people on two days in a row. So the kids really like that. They got two days playing with kind of the same group of kids, and uh, it was fun. And, and the best way I like to celebrate 4th of July, especially in the evenings, is watching other people burn their money and uh, light their money and shoot into the sky with fireworks and also takes all the safety hazards away from from uh, me operating them because sometimes uh, Lila makes mistakes. So I like to not do that with fire and uh, <laughs> explosive objects. And so, uh, yeah, it was fun. We had some in our neighborhood on Saturday night, and then we went to a friend's house on Sunday, and their next-door neighbor was putting them off, and it was great, and it's fun to watch the kids' reaction to it, and uh, always a lot of fun. And uh, we had a lot of good meals between those two cookouts at my parents' house. And so it was a good weekend celebrating the 4th. Always, I know we didn't talk about the 4th ahead of the 4th, so we always like to acknowledge it here of, uh, you know, always taking the time. I, I know I, we talked about it with our kids. We were handing the American flag, and we were talking about what the 4th of July means, why we celebrate it, um, and, and the things, you know, all the people that have fought for our country's freedom from the very beginning uh, up until today, and they will continue to do so and, and being appreciative of that. So I know... You and I both feel that way, and so making sure we acknowledge that here on the podcast. But it's it's fun to also teach our children, you know, teach my children about that, and talk about it with the the other kids of uh, the people that were over about you know why we celebrate the fourth and why it's America's birthday and you know what it is to be American. And so it was a good weekend and um, back to normal life. Now I've had five days off work, so uh, it's going to be back to the grind. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you know. Thanks to our troops who yes. work hard every single day to keep us safe and allow us to have celebrations like July 4th and keep our freedom. We, we do appreciate that. Um, what's been dominating my life has been, speaking of July 4th, the uniforms that Major League Baseball designed for July 4th. And sure, again, yeah. they're a mistake. Um, look, I, I don't need every team to have red or blue hats. I, I don't need it. That's it, not American. It's not patriotic. If you want to do, I thought the best design they had. Logo. Yeah, I thought the best design they had was the year they let the teams wear their regular colored uniforms, but the logo itself was like red, white, and blue. I thought that yeah. was the best version of that. And then, the, you know, the writing on the inside or on the uniform is red, white, and blue, and the numbers are red, white, and blue, or whatever. Like, that was the best iteration of that uniform. Um, but naturally, that's not what Major League Baseball is going to do. So they got to keep working at it so they can sell different designs 
and they can have suckers buy them every year because there are people, no matter what ugly thing you release, there are people that'll be like, oh, that's awesome. I love that uniform. And so people will buy it. I mean, look, people buy Yankees jerseys, and those are the most plain Jane things on the planet. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. But it to me, those uniforms, even like when I was watching um, – I think it was the Tampa Bay Rays were playing and they had red hats and that's what caught my attention. I was like, why are the Tampa Bay Rays have red hats? And I was looking, I was like, that's a team that has blue. Give them the blue hat, please. For the love of God, give them the blue hat. Like, and major league baseball doesn't do that. Cause Oh, well it wouldn't look any different. They're like, exactly. You, you could have made it look normal and it would have been okay, but it's not yeah. what major league baseball is. It's on the field for sure. Watching on TV. Like who, who am I watching? <laughs> yeah. All right, so what do you know that I need to know? Hopefully it's something I care about. It's not. It's soccer. Um, So (laughs) the Euros are getting ready to wind down. The semifinals are coming up. Um, And so far it's been an interesting tournament. Uh, Some of the top teams have been kicked out. Um, Belgium, France, teams that have lost. Um, France losing really hurt. Belgium losing hurt as well. they lost to Italy, who, after not qualifying for the World Cup, the last World Cup has kind of revamped their football federation, and they're having a strong showing in the Euros. They'd love to win it. England is another team that has a great chance to win. They're playing well. Um, in fact, I need to look. I think the way it matches up is Italy is playing Spain, so that's going to be a big – that's a big that's match. A <laughs> yeah. Um, th- that's definitely the tougher one of the of the two. And I think the the interesting part about that is when you look at those two teams, they're historically soccer powers and they're going yeah. to be going into it again as two of the favorites that they play Tuesday at three Eastern. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that. I would I think Italy will. They, they just play better. They have more of an attack. Spain. It's going to be if Spain scores first, then it gets really hard because they'll They'll back everybody. They'll shove everybody into the box and park the bus and just make it really difficult for Italy to find a goal. But if Italy scores first, then Spain has to come out of their shell. It could really open them up to more goals. The other semifinals, England versus Denmark. Denmark is kind of the Cinderella team. They lost their first two matches of the group stage, barely got in. Anybody by calling them Cinderella here? No. Um, The Danes Danes have thicker skin. So, um, but they lost the first two matches of the group stage. They barely got in by winning the last match of their group stage. And uh, they all that's the team that also had their best player. He's out for the tournament because he um, actually died on the pitch and they resuscitated him. Um, but he's okay now. And uh, so they're playing England. I just think that's where it's kind of midnight for them. Um, England is really good. England has a phenomenal chance to win uh, a major trophy for the first time since the 60s, I think. So... Um, it would be big for England, and the England gets to host the final. The final is in Wembley in London, so the idea of England hosting Italy or Spain is already a big deal there. Yeah, the TV, the TV people are rooting for England big time there. It's always interesting when you get these these you know off your tournaments from the World Cup, uh, and they're you know repetitive and common. But you get these matchups that are like if they were World Cup matchups, they'd be monster matchups, and that's what you always kind of look out for in these smaller tournaments this tournament lends itself to that much more than, and than some of the others, but you know, it's always interesting when you can, when you can get that. Yeah. All I, right. Uh, uh, yep. 
I'd just say so, the other yeah. tournament that is kind of comparative is the Copa America, which is also going on, but it's yeah. it's later at night and in South America. So it's more, I guess, T probably primetime friendly here for live uh, versus the Euros. Yeah. But it's um, it's the top teams in South America are also really good. Yes. All right. So what I know that you need to know, I got two things. I'm going to hit quick with the Tyler Nickel. We know he's been getting offers all over the place. Um, he, he had been getting interest was how you always said that you had interest from UNC. Well, this past week he got the offer from UNC and uh, I, you know, the book was probably already closed on JMU for Tyler nickel and staying local. What do you mean? And uh, <laughs> yeah, they might, they, they didn't name it the Tyler nickel center. So uh, right there is probably where the book was closed, but uh, yeah, he's getting offers from UNC he's, he's not going to stay local. I still have holding out hope that Mike Young and the boys down at Virginia tech can, can work their magic and, and expose him to what the future of the ACC basketball is. And uh, you know, all these legendary coaches in North Carolina don't, don't mean as much now because we have a legend uh, doing his thing and building in Blacksburg. So I'm still holding out hope for that. But yeah, I think the local interest of him staying at JMU is probably passed, but at the same time, I don't, you know, I don't root for UNC. I root against them as often as possible. It's hard to tartan down a blue blood offer. I mean, you know, you get an offer from one of those blue blood schools. I mean, they're not handing those offers out to everybody. You know, it's not, you know, we're not offering scholarships at these blue blood schools to come sit They're If, if they're offering you, they expect you to play. And if they think you're good enough to offer you, that's what they're expecting. It's hard to turn down that opportunity. The kids goal is to play in the NBA. It's hard to, to, you know, not take that track that so many have had at UNC and, and I'm assuming other big offers will come too. So I, you know, no matter where he goes, we're rooting for this kid. We've been able to cover him on local radio uh, these last few years, used more so than me. And uh, I'll, I'll always be rooting for this kid, even if he has, is at UNC or, or another school I don't usually root for, uh, but I'm still holding it for today. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a given that he goes to UNC. I don't know. I mean, this is, I haven't talked to him about it, but, um, and I know the last time we had Cody on, he said he was kind of playing it close to the vest. So, and that's fine. Um, I I just, UNC is a big offer, but I, I don't think the UNC offer means as much as it used to. I just don't. Maybe not quite as much as it used to, but I still think it means like, I think in football is where you see like, okay, they got a big offer, but the kid might go somewhere else knowing that like, he'll see the field earlier or something like that. I think in basketball, I mean, they, they don't just throw offers out. There's not as many scholarships to throw out. They, they can't waste any of them. So I just, I, I think the basketball recruiting is a little bit different to where if you get that offer, I mean, getting the offer of their kind of has you at that different level. And, and maybe it's not UNC he goes to, but a top level, top historic school, it, you know, I just wouldn't be surprised if that's, if he ends up somewhere like that. I don't know. Again, I have to look. I, I feel I like it's tech. Like, it makes us historic. I say, I feel like you get 12. I mean, for some reason, I mean, that yeah, over, overall you have 12, but in, in a given year, you only have, you know, three or four to, to deal with. I, I mean, yeah. But I'm just saying, if you don't think you're going to play your freshman year, if you don't think you're going to get legit minutes your freshman year, the way college basketball is at these big-time programs, if you don't get on the floor your freshman year, it might be hard to get on. So, I I don't know. That exposure at UNC is 
Those blue bloods have more exposure than non Bradford's not going to so, be at Tech. Randolph's looking better and better. I, I hope he comes to Tech. So the what I really want to talk about, what I know that you need to know, is probably what everybody does already know, that Shikari Richardson, uh, the women's 100 winner from America, or, or placed first. She got a drug test days ago from following her um, winning the 100, and she tested positive. And at first, it sounded like she was on a PED. It's, it was, uh, you know, a failed performance drug test. But um, it turns out it was for smoking weed. And so then the Internet turns on. And everybody's like, well, you know, there's 19 states that smoking weed isn't illegal anymore. So why is this this? And um, But there's Olympic rules and, and USA team rules and all this. And so seeing this and a bunch of other debates that I'll, that I'll reference here, it just – I don't, I don't know. If you break rules, sometimes you gotta, you gotta pay the punishment. It doesn't matter what's legal here, legal there, legal here. And it, and if, if, if you fail the test that if you fail it, you pay a punishment, then you gotta pay a punishment and no one's hiding these rules from people. And so she's an example. And I think she's done a great job at owning it. She hasn't said it's a fake, you know, like they need to retest me. It was a false negative. She's owned it. And so I appreciate that. I think she's handled it great. Um, I don't know if it really even changes my view of her. I'm not, uh, you know, some big proponent of making weed legal or people smoking. Weed. Like, that's not my thing. But, like, I also, it doesn't surprise me and it doesn't bother me. So, like, if they did adjust something and let her run, okay, I wouldn't care. But also, if they're going to enforce the rule that they've had in place, I'm perfectly fine with that, too. And it seems like that's the way we're going. She's not going to be able to run the 100 in the Olympics. Uh, she will, the days work out, the 30 day suspension works out to where she will be able to uh, run in the 200 relay, I think. And that's great. She still has an opportunity that she hasn't ruined all of her opportunities with this mistake. Um, there was a story that someone in the press had told her that her birth mother had passed away and that the, the reporter told her that's how she found out. And then she smoked weed. I, I, I don't, if she smoked weed then in that, in that scenario, She's going to smoke weed anyway. So, like, I, I don't really – that doesn't even hold me up. I'm fine with rules that are in place, that are broken, being enforced. The same way that now that the um, image and likeness rule for the NCAA, they put this where kids can make money off their name now. I really don't care that Reggie Bush thinks he should have his Heisman re reinstated and all this because, like, his mom got, like, a house and a job. That didn't that rule didn't change. If if your parents get paid off to make sure you go to a certain school, you're still breaking the NCAA rules. That rule didn't change. So I don't even know what we're talking about on how that makes a difference. The Fab Five, all their records at Michigan, they need to be reinstated. Kids were getting paid. That like not for their image and likeness. They were getting money under the table. I don't see how the image and likeness rule has changed. Maybe Johnny Manziel we need to look back at. He got paid for autographs for himself and then got suspended and and that like maybe there's some restitution there that should be paid. But I just don't understand if you break a rule, you broke the rule and you have to suffer the consequences. And I don't think we need to go back on everything. And if if you break a rule that, you know, exists, you deserve a punishment and is, is where I get to. And maybe that's the father of three that's speaking that, you know, if you, you know, punch your brother in the face, you're going to have to <laughs> sit down. And if we start making punching your brother in the face legal in three years, we're not going to go back and undo this punishment. Like 
that's as basic as I can get with this thing. I just, I, it's a disappointment. I wish we could watch her run the hundred cause she's exciting runner and she was going to be chasing after the, uh, the lady from Jamaica. That's so good. Um, but yeah, we don't get that now, but she's going to be punished for something she knows she did and a rule that was in place. Yeah. I'm not going to add much on this. Um, but I, I kind of feel the only thing I would say is the people who are like, it's legal in 19 states and it's going to be legal federally eventually. Eventually. Eventually is whatever, but it doesn't matter what the law in the United States is. It's an international competition with rules that are set by an international committee. It's, it's not up to the United States to tell the Olympics what is a fair drug to test for and what is not. We might have a say, but we aren't the end all be all. So, and I'm kind of like, and you she knew it was like China. They'll, they're never going to make weed legal. China isn't. So like, maybe there is some international athletic rules that need to stay at a higher level than Colorado. And, you know, I'm not going to say yes or no, whether the rule, you know, I, I could care less. I'm like you, if they want to make it legal, sweet. If they, if they want to keep it illegal. Okay. It, it doesn't affect yeah. me either way. Uh, it's not right. something I'm into. So um, it's just like the sports gambling. Now that it's legal, I'll do it. If they tomorrow said, hey, sports gambling, we decided, you know what, we don't like it and it's illegal, then I'd stop. Um, and if I had a job, even though, even though it's legal, if I had a job where they said, hey, we don't feel comfortable with you doing sports gambling while you're doing this job, I'd stop if it meant losing my job. And so because those are the rules. Um, so uh, like you said, I, I feel like Richardson has handled it well. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying she can't be disappointed by the decision. That's fine. Um, but she knew, she, she even said, she's like, I knew the rule when I did it, and I knew this was a possibility, and it happened. Um, so it's, it sucks because it, I think we would have won the gold. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if we'd have won the 100. I, I, that, that, I, I, apologies to the Jamaican runner. I can't remember her name. She has higher, better qualifying times. So, but it was going to be a race. It was going to be contended. I think she's the defending gold medalist, though. So, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question. Shikari isn't, but that's fine. Oh, I thought she was. Okay. But um, she, she's a young. I, I feel like um, it would have been interesting to see her run and maybe win the gold then. But um, yeah, she probably would have medaled, and that would have been great. And and she'd have made a run of gold, no matter what, no matter what, and maybe won it. So yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Rules are rules, and the name and likeness. I just I can't wait for the first college athlete to not do research on what he's endorsing. I just watched Big Shot on on Disney Plus. It was probably going to be my what's dominating my life next week. And there was an episode where one of the girls on the basketball team was like using her social media to promote some bad product, and it was a whole drama thing. I think the, the college kids should probably watch that episode of Big Shot because, you know, John Stamos really taught a good lesson there. I can't wait. It's going to happen. And then it's going to be it's going to be, oh, my gosh, how could this kid endorse this thing? I'll be like, well, surprise, the college kids aren't doing research on what they're just taking money from wherever it comes from. Oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. If only there had hey, been I'm some not... rules in place that maybe could have prevented this. And then the NCAA wouldn't have been screamed at. I'm not saying I don't follow Barstool Sports on Twitter, but I don't I wouldn't be quick to endorse Barstool Sports for some of the not so distant past 
things that have been said publicly by prominent people in their organization. They're gobbling college athletes up. There's two Virginia Tech athletes now part of Barstool Sports for the uh, for their image and likeness. I, yeah, I've, I've seen uh, him endorsing people time. on social media. I mean, can you imagine? Like they're in, they're taking money from some dude on Twitter. God knows what that yeah. person's going to put on Twitter. Yeah. I just, it, it's I'm like, happen. cool, it's, this, this is, is going to be so, I mean, this is, this is going to blow up so badly. Uh, it's just, it's do a question of when, Like, do we get if. another podcast recording in before this blows up? Because, like, it's just going to happen so soon. And then it's going to be a thing of, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he endorsed that person. Be like, yeah, I can't believe he took money. That's amazing. You opened Pandora's yeah. box and it blew up in your face. Oh, wow. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> Obviously not the short-sighted among us on Twitter, but, you know, that's not surprising. They're short-sighted on everything. Some things <laughs> that we great. won't talk about on this podcast that I send you and I get riled up about, and I'm sure you get tired of reading about it. But well, Either way, I didn't sell my Toyota truck this week. So, Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> so that'll do it for us on this week's episode of Yak, the Yak Sports Podcast. Uh, be sure to check in, subscribe, and listen to more episodes as we release them, usually on a weekly basis, uh, unless I get sick and then, you know, Leland's on his own. But um, then, uh, so you can subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, so you don't miss another episode. Be sure to comment on Twitter. You can find us at Yak Sports Pod, Facebook, search Yak Sports Pod, and uh, be sure to interact with us. Let us know what you think about some of this stuff. Who, is, who do you want to see in the Home Run Derby that's not in the Home Run Derby right now? Uh, and I guess hasn't said no. I don't know. It's the summertime. We'll take it. Pretty, basically anything you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, throw some talk. ideas at <laughs> us this week. <laughs> the summer's going to get hard here, especially in another two, three weeks when the Valley League's over. But um, we'll we'll take topics as well. And Lila and I are gonna. I mean, I can feel it. We're gonna have a uniform breakdown coming up at some point this summer. And um, I want to talk, talk that special guest into coming on. That's I fine. Talk that. I want to make that happen. That's fine. We can go over our favorite uniforms in each sport. We can talk about some of the latest uniforms that have been released. I'm hoping more of these MLB uniforms will get, the city editions will get released by then and we can look at them. But uh, I'm excited to see what those look like. Uh, man, Tampa Bay needs the devil race so bad. Let's go back. Oh, that brings me that brings me to my point. I don't think I did do this on the podcast. I told you I was going to, and I forgot. So let me do it now. A few weeks ago, Leland had to issue an apology about something insensitive he said. So I I want to do that now. <laughs> I um, mine was real though. <laughs> I may have offended people by saying that you need the devil to win, and that's why they should put the name back in. And I want to apologize that i didn't go further when you look at the angels <laughs> and the talent they have and the fact that they can't win maybe they should change their name to the fallen angels maybe that would get them a title i don't know my, my apology is that i didn't support the devil enough i, I um, i'm hearing you <laughs> notre dame notre dame when was the last time they were any good 91 it's been a while <laughs> so and you just look at these other ones and you're just like yeah you know what i think i didn't go far enough and I know what you're going to say. Well, what about the New Jersey Devils, Joe? Yeah, but I think, you know, to be a hockey player, you got to be embracing violence anyway. So I think I think that's part of it. Just to hockey. be clear, my apology was legitimate that I. Yes, Leland was serious. I am. Yeah, Leland was serious. <laughs> I am not. 
Uh, I think the people who get offended about the name Tampa Bay Devil Rays are the lowest intelligence form of people that we have on the planet Earth. And yeah, so I just think they're dumb. I, to me, that it's not even about the devil. That's the part that drives me bananas. It, the Devil Ray is a type of ray. It's, it's, it's an animal. It's not a spawn of Satan or some creature from hell. It's an animal. Or, or play in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, my God. But, yeah. So, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays should be the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. They should go back to those uniforms and that color scheme because it's cool. And it's way better than the ugly things they wear now. So, with that out of the way, again, be sure to subscribe. Tell your friends who think the name Devil Rays is offensive that they're dumb. And um, you can tell them I said it, too. And then uh, we'll go on with our day, knowing that they know they're dumb. You know they're dumb. And they can be shamed for being dumb. Until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we will be back next week with more local sports. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.